Welcome to Profiling Criminal Minds. I'm Dan. And I'm Dr. Redden. And who doggy? Uh, did we watch the second episode of Criminal Minds Season 16? Which, as anyone will tell you, is a marked improvement over the first episode of Season 16. That's what I said. And you were dead on right. Wow. It is a, it is a big step up. And that's not to say the first one's terrible. It had its charms, as we discussed. But this one is much, uh, much more focused and much yeah. better. And uh, let's get right into that. Okay, so uh, we start with a uh, guy in what is a nice touch, a place that is designed to look like a chiropractor's office with one of those uh, live face down on the headrest chairs. Yep. Uh, not chairs, tables, right? And lots of charts on the back about musculature and people's backs. So I thought that was a that was a cute little thing that the serial killer has put uh has set that up um and then of course he uh the show gets so gross i can't handle it <laughs> because the killer takes out his knives he makes sure that like the uh the anesthetic is working and the guy can't feel anything and then he cuts open the guy's back exposing his spine oh and oh, I was I was not ready for that. Uh oh, I was not ready for that. I was no, quite no. a visual. Now, well, now at least you have, um, you know, the fact that it's on cable. Well, <laughs> you say that, but fifteenth season of Criminal Minds. What's the first episode? A guy is cutting people's the skin off of dudes' yeah, torsos, and we did see quite a lot there. <laughs> yeah. Well, but well, anyway, this this is. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I kind of cringed, except it's a callback. I mean, they did mention that one of the bodies yeah. that they had found. Right. Somewhere along the line. Yeah, uh, no, last week. They, it last was week so that smart that they that had a cut yeah. spot, had his sign severed, spine, spine severed. Apparently that's a tongue twister now. And uh, ended up at a uh, left at a truck stop. Uh, truck stop. So yeah, no, they're they're yeah. actually setting up. They set up this week's episode last week, and I'm like, yay, that's fantastic. Yeah. They're putting in that kind of small effort too. I was very happy about it. Uh, weird glitch in the episode, uh, and this is why you can't really trust subtitles. The subtitles listed the victim's name as Josh. But later we'll find out his name was Steven. And that briefly caused me to think that there was a third guy that we hadn't found out about yet. But no. Why are, oh, why are you? Because I always have the subtitles on. Oh, okay. What if I, I miss a word, that. you know? Like, it's always smart to just have the subtitles on because why not have the subtitles on? Oh, yeah. you'll miss a tiny amount of the image at the bottom. Who cares? So, <laughs> well, except that the subtitles, the su yeah, the subtitles are not um, great. No, this well, and the subtitles too on the screen, like when you do clips that you did the clips for your yeah, the subtitles the blog, yeah. right? When you go to that, it's it's messed up, and I even put it on full screen, right, so that so that I could see the subtitles. And the the second line of the subtitles didn't work properly. Now this may be a prime problem. Yeah, it could be a prime problem because they're because, going weirdly on screen. Oh no, no, we're watching it on Disney. On oh, Disney Plus, yes, Disney Plus, not Prime. Yeah, not Prime because I know, I know, no Prime doesn't anymore. But they were really fussy about subtitles for a long time. Yeah. Oh no, I remember. No, I remember when we put subtitles on our short films. 
Yeah. They had uh, weird specification stuff. Yeah, and everything else, but the the but this is on Disney Plus and But subtitles aren't what we're here to talk about. What we're here to yeah. talk about <laughs> is the killer's <laughs> ultimatum. He puts down yes. a camera in front of the guy and says he has to make a choice. We don't have yeah. to wait to see the video. Obviously saying, I'm going to kill you or I'm going to make it so you're quadriplegic. So you have uh, no ability to control your body below the neck. And we can assume the first guy was like, oh, just kill me. And uh, we quickly find out that this guy was, oh, just kill me as well. And I'm like, you know, you're really giving up easy, dude. Yeah. They're improving surger <laughs> surgical stuff all the time. These guys, these guys don't have what it takes and they should be ashamed to have ever called themselves bulls. There I said it. Yeah. Okay. Not alpha behavior. Say. It ain't alpha behavior to kill yourself off the minute you get completely crippled. Just saying. Just saying, because Denzel Washington could do it. I'm just so saying he went out there solving crimes as Lincoln Rhyme. <laughs> Yep. Without the ability to move anything below his neck. You telling yep. me you guys are giving up right away? Yeah, I'm just saying. You should be ashamed to have ever called yourself, quote unquote, alpha. A bull. Ugh. Yeah, you guys I, don't I, deserve I just, any respect. That's all yeah, I'm saying. It was interesting. It was interesting because, uh, for sure, yeah. right? Like, they both gave up right away? <sighs> yeah, he, like, I, I thought the same thing. No, I, no, I did sit back and ask myself. Well, what would you do? That's yeah, fine. No, I, no, I live. Yeah, I got a brain. I don't like the idea of aging. So yeah, <laughs> you know, I want another fifty years. I'm not exactly. going to get it, but I'd like it. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, come on, hey, these guys are uh, these hey. guys are real babies. That's all I'm saying. All right. <laughs> so, what was your first clue? They I had no no real respect bulls. for these guys uh, dropping out like that. But anyway, uh, here's the. Uh, Weird, weird stand we're taking against this community, but okay. Uh, then we cut to Penelope's morning, and this is what you told me about with her yes. uh, assortment of glasses, which was really nice. Yeah. Uh, and I, uh, as I was thinking, I always thought she decided, uh, I had always imagined she decides on what outfit she's going to wear based on her glasses. But no, she uh, goes with the gla uh, outfit first and then picks the right glasses to go with it. You know what? Either way, as always, she coordinates perfectly i i just i know i just loved it i thought well i already said that yesterday right yeah if only i could afford it that, yeah that kind of a yeah, 500 dollars a pair oh you my know? god she's got some nice glasses yeah 100 oh. percent. you, you gotta Absolutely. you gotta envy that look absolutely yeah. all yeah. right so uh now next up we check in on uh we check in on Will and JJ and we, and again, it's a thing we talk about all the time in other shows as impressing us and doing right by, uh, like doing right by the characters and making the two halves of the episode relate to each other thematically and how important that is. And it's not that, you know, related thematically, but having marital issues and issues of uh, couples needing to understand how important being close is touched on in both halves of the episode is kind of a thing that we don't see that much on Criminal Minds or didn't used to. So it's great to see Criminal Minds doing stuff that is the hallmarks of the really good shows we watch. 
Yeah, yeah. They, it's thematically related, and this is taking us back to Wire in the Blood, just in case you're not... Wire in the Blood and even Prodigal Son always did this, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, the, the, good, the shows we really love, one of the hallmarks is making the personal stuff and the... Uh, Serial you know, The serial killer stuff. Like, it's at the best when they are 100% related. And, I mean, there's the, uh... Then, there's, of course, my beloved show, Lucifer, which honestly makes a joke about the fact that, like, whatever the case of the week is, he contrives a way to make the case of the week about his emotional journey because he's a self-centered narcissist. Yes. In this case... Right? It's so not it's, like that at all, but it does touch yeah. on, you know, what the what the pet members of a relationship need to expect from one another and the fact that they need to communicate with one another, which is nice. Yeah. You know, and because she's she's opted out of their date night. Yeah, exactly. Because she's got, you know, a body to check in on. And, and again, because Will is the best partner in the world, he immediately brings up that this is something that they need to, that this is something they're going to need to address. Yes, there's a problem here. He's so good at this. <laughs> He's so good at being a partner to her. It's amazing. Well, just bringing up. Yeah. Just okay. like, here are my emotions. Here are how I'm feeling. How are we going to address this? Because it's a question for both of us. Like, yes. damn, yes. dude cares about therapy. And it's so nice. By the way, not the only time therapy comes up this week. That's all I'll say about that. Yeah, we'll we'll get there. <laughs> all right. But yeah, it's it's a really nice scene between JJ and Will. And that's two really fantastic scenes between the two of them in two episodes. Yeah. Oh, there's going to be another good scene. Oh, yeah. Oh, is there ever at the end of the episode? But we're not going to jump ahead. Uh, then we get to the office and, uh, <laughs> uh, you're right. They mentioned that they just got back from Louisiana. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so that new assignment of hers did not last long. Well, and we don't know exactly what she's, well, I guess she came back to head up another team. Uh, no, and... she's just back working at the BAU. That's the weird part. Like she was heading up the Louis, she took a promotion to the Louisiana office but now she's come back just to work at the BAU. And I'm like, okay, I feel like there needs to be a story there, guys. Well, we, you know, we've, we've got 10. I'm actually giving them a lot of oh, yeah, we've, we've got time. We, we don't need to have the whole story laid out immediately. Developed. Well, yeah, right? you're right. Because they're doing a good job of offering us something they never have before. You know, character continuity from episode to episode. Like yeah. they even follow up on the conversation that they had yesterday about what the boys were up to. So yeah, yeah. I say yesterday, but I mean in the previous episode. In so the yeah, previous like episode, they're they are showing real care to character continuity that they've never done in the past. So we're we're happy, yes, and it so turns happy. out her Please. son doesn't have a boyfriend yet. Girlfriend. Girlfriend yet. Yeah. Sorry. Uh but anyway, it's a really nice uh, yeah, it's a really nice touch. Uh yeah, I, I just was so impressed. So they get to the office, and Joe is there, obviously hungover. I guess uh, whatever clarity he got last week in preventing the suicide uh, didn't really take. No, no, didn't take at all. And you can now see why he's living in a hotel room. Yeah. Because they clean out the bottles every day, and they <laughs> clean out whatever food he eats every day, and yep. they make his bed for him every day. Yeah, he is not, because it's like, imagine the hovel he would be in if he were trying to be at home in his mansion for all of this stuff. 
Like yeah. the, he, he couldn't like, it would be a disaster. So yeah, he needs someone to take care of him because he is falling apart and his wife is dead. Yes. Oof. Like, yeah, this is, this is a rough time for him. And the show is doing, again, he's doing a great job of playing it. And the show's great, doing a great job of like, um, putting at the forefront, like just enough. So you can't miss just how far he's fallen. So yeah. It's, no, and it's not about him wallowing, right? But you know that he is wallowing, but they're not making the whole episode about that. No, and uh, is this where Penelope, I mean, is this where Prentice comes in and talks to him? Uh, no, not yet. Not yet. No, this is just where we find out about the the, the new body dumped at the uh, sever with the severed spinal column. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> there's what I thought was a really funny line showed up. Uh, which is that both guys, uh, uh, they're both victims are good looking men in their thirties and how that's a really weird uh, victimology because spoiler alert, they almost never track gay serial killers in the show. Uh, <laughs> it's a, it's an actually not that uncommon thing. Gay serial killers who kill other men, but, uh, they don't, they don't cover it on the show much. And what I thought was really funny here was, uh, then... <laughs> David says, yeah, that there that profile's more likely to be the killer. And I'm like, actually, yeah, that's 100% true for the cases you do on the show. In real life, almost no serial killers are good-looking 30-something men. But on the show, yeah, every killer is a good-looking 30-something man. Like almost. So, almost. Like yeah. an an uncannily large number of them are handsome 30-something men on the show. It is a complete misrepresentation of actual serial killers, but it's TV. So, of course, that's what they're going to look like. <laughs> I just thought that was I thought that was really funny. I don't know if you picked up on that line, but I thought it was really funny. Oh, I did. OK, good. Uh, all right. And now here's the problem. Yeah, here's the problem I have with this scene because the and I think it's just a structural problem with the episode. You tell me what you think. They immediately say now they've got a new serial killer to chase and they immediately say. This guy must be connected to the serial killer cult we're uh, looking for. And I'm going, why? Why? Yeah, yeah, look, there's more than one of those. I'm not sure what the rationale was. Yeah. And we'll talk about this when we get to, to the, the end of the episode. I keep going to the end of ten, the 10 episodes yeah. because I, I'm sitting there going, why would you think that? The M.O. is completely different. Well, no. And they it, say their reason and their reason is the dumbest thing in the world. Yeah, I know. They I say know. the reason I, is he he switched cars at a Walmart parking lot just like the previous guy did. And I'm like. Say what? What? Why Walmart would he hasn't closed its stores yet, guys. <laughs> like, oh. Are you telling me that this killer uh, lured these men to a, a location you know, tasered them or whatever, dragged them out of their cars, uh, like, but instead of, like, just dragging them out of in, uh, their cars and into his cars, he left his car at a Walmart parking lot, drove them in their car to a walking par uh, par Walmart parking lot, and then, like, dragged the body out in a public parking lot and into his car and then drove away? <laughs> There's no way he would have done that. Like, like that, that was the only thing I'm going. 
Yeah. That is that is such a tenuous link. It's Walmart. Ridiculously. That- or no, but just the car swapping at all. Why would he yeah. not have just left the guy's car wherever the guy drove to and drove away in his own car? Like, if you're going to do a switching guy from one car to another, do it in the isolated location you had him drive to. Don't do it in a third location that you both, that you have to drive the car to. And now you're driving someone else's car with a body in it, right? Like, increasing your danger a huge amount. Like, it's this is such a weird thing. And yeah, it's like, no, I, I, I have to admit that... Yeah. that um, I, well, I don't do the deep, deep dive thinking that you do. <laughs> you on, about I just it. sat there and, and thought to myself, why? Are, how can you make that connection? Yeah. Why would you, like, why would they why, do the what, car, the Walmart What would lead yeah. you to believe that this is part In of this? In any way. You connected. have no, absolutely no, no indication yet. Yeah. And that what, this is going to be part of the system. Yeah, and the crazy part is, there's a perfect moment for that to happen later in the episode. Yeah. Because later in the episode, when they're looking at the killer's video, they see one of the serial killer starter kits in his lair. Like, boom, there's the moment when you should have them find out. And it's not a lair, it's his... It's well, his I know, it's just his, it's just his, like, living room. But, you know, I consider that to be his serial killer. Well, it's, it's, he probably has a chiropractor, he's a chiropractor, he has a chiropractic office. Yeah. In his own home. home. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Oh, 100%. So, and that's how he. But yeah, that scene where they announced that this must be connected to RJ from last week and the container. Come on. And you're just sort of sitting there going. What? Yeah, no, no, this this is completely out of left field. It makes like, no I, sense I, I whatsoever. Could accepted, I could have accepted. Well, you know, there was a guy with the severed the severed spine in the other one. I wonder. Well, let's keep that on hold. Just it might might be. It might not be connected. Yeah. But. but no, like it it really bothered me. All right, so I just yeah. wanted to put that out there. That part like legit bothered me that they announced they had made the connection based on the most tenuous link imaginable. Yeah. And it really is the most tenuous link imaginable. He said, how many Walmarts? All right. I know. There All were two. There's Walmarts everywhere. At one point, there were two in Sault Ste. Marie yeah. when we have a population of 65,000, people. There you go. <laughs> Walmarts everywhere, man. If it had been, you know, some obscure. Yeah, but it's just so like, we'll no. Get, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk up. about that later. Yeah, it's we'll talk about up. that part Get another later. one. Right? All right, so. Uh, all right. Uh, so the Tara, uh, Tara and Emily are now walking around the, um, the, the container, which has been moved to the, uh, which has been moved to Quantico. Quantico. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Which is kind of cool. And yes, it is fair to say, now I will say this. I was really hard on them last episode for using the word buried because under no circumstances was that thing buried. Can you say that it was sunken into the hill? Maybe. Uh, yeah. You can say that it was sunken into the hill, but it was not buried in any meaningful way. Yeah, and we no, know that's... this because in this episode, we see one that is buried. That you can say to a 100% degree of certainty, that thing was buried. And so yeah, it's like... Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And this is what I told you, yeah, right? That Last we're going to get one. We're gonna I, after we finish number one. I yeah. just said, "Don't yes, worry, you're gonna get really one that is buried." And you were that right. Is buried, 
And so that, and why they didn't just kind of change the first one, or nobody thought of it. Yeah. They probably don't have a continuity, and they probably still don't have an editor. Yeah, it's very weird. You know, the continuity editor. Yeah, like looking over all of the scripts and made sure that it all made exact sense. Yeah, the stuff I do. Yeah. Uh, and what I love, though, uh, is the the evil uh, FBI deputy director shows up to yeah. be like, ah, how dare you bring this here? Who's paying for this? And I'm like, are you in on the murders, guy? Because you're so bad at this. Like, when you're this bad at your job, you kind of feel like he has to be in on the murders. You know? Like, yeah, I don't know. He de- yeah, I think he's too shallow to be, to be in on the murders. murders. Yeah, I guess they're just saying he's just like the most frustrating, useless bean counter in the world. I mean, you're probably right. But, oh, God, I, I'm so... They're succeeding at making me so angry at this guy every time he's on the screen. <laughs> yeah, every time he's on the screen, he I says just, something stupid. Yeah, you're just like, oh, God, how oh, do you good. have this job? Yeah. Well, but but that's what you need. Yeah, you yeah. You need a villain. You need a villain. You need a you villain. You need a villain, and he's doing a good job of it. Yeah. <laughs> and it almost makes you wonder, like, is there a level upon which this villain uh, and his specific, you know, frustrating bean counting is like a stand-in for how annoying it is to have to work with networks always cutting your budget? Because <laughs> I feel like that might this might be a little shout back at, like, all of the times their budget kept getting cut over the last two seasons of the original Criminal Minds. How they had like reduced episode orders and they clearly had less money to work with. I kind of feel like Bailey is uh, a little subtle jab at some network executives. Well, all I can say, see, all I can say, and you you can understand why. I'm sorry. I am not going to kind of um, give give that one to them because... The fact is that they started to get episodes cut and the money started to really be cut. Every now and then we talk about all of this. Go yeah. listen to the rest of our stuff. It's, it's coming. But, but I'm, I'm sitting there going, yeah. And now, now that you've got a really good DP. You and know, the show looks fantastic. And the show looks fantastic. And remember when they fired, finally fired the, the DP. previous guy. Yeah. The previous guy, okay, they finally fired him. Well, of course, then then everything is a chaos. Yeah. Right? It is, cha- it is chaotic. chaotic. Because and, one person had been doing the job for so long. Yeah. And, and sort of probably corralling all of, and you had all of these good people who quit yeah. or yeah. were fired. Yeah, I mean, you know, who would have been able to pick up the slack. But we're not getting uh, too no, far into that No, we're not going today. to. But this is just to say, I'm not giving them that one. Okay. If they want, if they want it, they can slag off on the on the network. Network all they want, but you don't know if you find it persuasive. Go back and listen. No, go back and listen. I was too pissed off about that. Then we cut over to. um, Then we cut over to the uh, mastermind behind all of this. We uh, check over to him, and we see his legit buried lair. It's like. He has covered, uh, you know, a set of doors with <laughs> leaves and dirt, right? And uh, and you open that and you walk down a set of stairs before going into his container, right? Yeah. So uh, I thought that was really nice. Like, I don't know how he put this container under the tree, though. I mean, I assume he hired someone to do that, you know? 
I, I assume he just hired someone to do that to pl- to like dig up a tree somewhere else and put it on top of his, the container he had built. Like, like he's this dude's obviously got unlimited money. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Don't know how he's got unlimited. Well, I'm sure that'll we'll be. We'll find ex- out. Well, no, I we'll mean he's out. obviously at the end of the episode we find out he lives in Seattle, so it's going to be one of those things where he like. He's a tech guy who made a billion dollars in the tech boom in the early 2000s. And then he's been like serial killing ever since or something like that. You know? Yeah. I mean, we'll yeah, find out. We're going to find out. And, and, and all of the joy has all gone out of his life. And, yeah. and he took so, up serial killing. Well, okay. and now here's where stuff gets really interesting because we get uh, the villain, like the, the spine cutting guy, the, the would be bull phones him and it's like, hey, here's my newest snuff film. Confirming my theory that part of the terms for joining up the frat was to always, uh, like, to give him all of the snuff films of the people you were killing. Yeah. Uh, kind of, you know, I, I liked that. But then, and this is the key part, and this is what I love about this scene, he sees it, and he's immediately concerned. And he says, press pause, don't kill anybody right now. Don't kill anybody yeah. for a while. I need you to press pause on this because he sees something he doesn't like. And we'll find out what he doesn't like a little later on, but it's like, it's great. And then, so he goes and he checks all of his other messages and then you get a genuinely upsetting scene of the sheer volume of people who are being killed as part of his fraternity. This, this was fantastic. As the music plays and you just get, you know, snuff shot after snuff shot after snuff shot of all of these victims tied up and ready to be killed. And you're like, okay, they are selling the scale of this. Yeah. Like they are selling that this is a problem, like a huge problem. And the, and I want you to remember because this scene is specifically, I mean, I'll use the term rhyming, but specifically like touching on something the show already did in the Jennifer Love Hewitt episode where we have the guy, the, the cult of not cult, but the business of people who were kidnapping women to be serial killer victims. Right. The first episode ended that with a thing that was supposed to show you the scale of how big this organization was. Right. Because like you had all of these people who were being bid on and all of these people doing the bidding. And it was a really scary idea that the show in no way pulled the trigger on because by the end of the season, we found out that the entire organization was just three people who were living out of a van. And we're like, what? Like that was, that was the organization we were supposed to be terrified of this whole year. Three people living out of a van. Right. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was a, it was a huge letdown. And so. It's, it impresses me so much that Criminal Minds is saying, we're taking another shot. We botched this one last time. We're taking another shot at this plot. And you know what? Uh, this scene, this montage shows that they're like, they're taking seriously doing it right this time. And I'm so excited. Yeah, well, we're... After I finished the first two episodes, I'm psyched to see. No, where I see why you were so excited. If scenes like this are going to happen, oh yeah, I mean, it's just making like I really don't have too many problems. There were a few, but yeah. I don't have too many problems with this episode. Yeah, 
No, it's in terms of oh, its, it's consistency it's and its pushing and no, it's how a, they get where they're going to go, except for the serial killer. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. The case of the week, not that interesting. But the stuff it says for the overall world and the story arc they're planning. Yep. Damn. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. All right. So uh, we go back to the we go back to the the room. Uh, sorry, the the round table as we like to call it. Yeah. And we find out that the two victims, right, didn't have sex with any of the same married women. So it's not super likely that any one of the, uh, that any, any one of the husbands are responsible for these crimes, right? And the whole point of their kink is that it's all supposed to be consensual, consensual, right? Yeah. Like, cause these aren't women cheating on their husbands. These are women doing, consensual extramarital affairs and it's supposedly like a completely different thing and i gotta say they specifically say in this episode they are not kink shaming and the episode never judges any of the men or women in these relationships to a degree that i was like shocked that criminal minds is being so you know for lack of a better term woke about this (laughs) like were were you as amazed as I was that the show is not judgmental at all? It 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 it's it stuns it stuns me. Let's see if it yeah, if, like yeah let's see if it continues because it's like like you'd imagine in the past that like especially if Derek was around we would like have some disbelief that any man could live this way or something like that, right? But yeah, like, well, they, it, there is just a little bit of a there is a little bit of it. You know, when they ask him, well, doesn't this bother you? Well, Remember no, but the, that's the, their, council. yeah, when they talk to the city councilor who they bring in. Yeah. But like, that's shown as their confusion. Not yes. like, and the minute he says that no, that he and the wife both say the exact same thing about why they're into it, mm-hmm. that is dropped completely. Yeah, and that's good. It's you know, great. You don't get any of the... Uh, reflexive judgment. Yeah. We don't get any yeah. reflexive judgment. Yeah. And that's people. yeah, I, good. It made me really happy, like to see the show. I don't want to say it's to call it something as you know, uh, simple as that the show is growing up. But I also kind of mean that I, the show I is growing up. Wrote down. <laughs> what did you write down? I did write growing up. Seriously? Yeah, you are. Okay. Apparently, we felt the exact same way about I, this. I, I I started off with JJ has grown up. Yeah. And that was at the first episode. That was my, I think that was probably my first comment. Yeah. That JJ is growing up. Yeah. And and so. But then the same thing with Luke and JJ talking to these guys. It's, yeah, these people are just more mature now. The show is more mature now. Yeah. 10 years has gone by. How many years has gone by? Five years. No, no. This is, yeah. I mean, well, this is season 16, and it's been three years since there was a last, last a new episode. Yeah, so I guess, you know, during the COVID and the rest of it. They all had to grow up. They all had to do some growing up during COVID, I guess. Yeah, that that could be a good way to read it. Yeah, You know, but anyway, it's... um, It's a nice scene is my point. And here's the point, right? Breaking the team up was clearly... Good for them. Good for all of them. Yes. They've hugely, I, I like, I guess the message is that they were in this terrible codependent relationship where none of them had a chance to work on themselves and being split up was like, forced them to actually become better rounded people. 
Yes, that we haven't seen Prentice have a drink yet. No, it's kind of great. She's got a girlfriend. <laughs> like, things are... Not Prentice. No, yes, Aisha Prentice. has the girlfriend. Oh, no, Aisha has the girlfriend. Yes, sorry. Excuse Aisha has the me. I'm sorry, I forgot. Yes, Aisha Tyler. Oh, no, Prentice has no relationship. Has no relationship because, but, well... But yeah. Prentice, because her job is now her job, but we, but we haven't seen Prentice have a drink yet. No, I know, which is huge for her. Yeah. yeah. No, that is that is big for her. All right, so yeah, um, really, really <laughs> nice scene, and uh, I gotta say, it's kind of great that the um, they made it. It's smart that they made it a city councilor because they need him to have to have something protect in the relationship, which is why he didn't come forward with the uh, the stuff he had, the message he had, which yeah. is the killer sent him the snuff video. Oh, in the same way that the quote unquote bulls would send the sex videos to him, the killer sent the snuff video. And, and we see this video. Yep. And this is where we find out, you know, we have it confirmed our theory that the choice <laughs> was get crippled or uh, or die. And that the guys chose to die over being crippled. Because we we assumed that based on the first scene, but it's confirmed when he, we actually see him say it in this scene. Yes. Which is nice touch. They make you wait for that information, even though, you know, as if we didn't figure it out. Well. But maybe not everybody would. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I mean, let let let's face it. How many of these things do we watch? That's true. I mean, you're right. Not everybody is watching as many of these serial killer things as we are. I'm not going to deny that. All right. So, uh, but the the important part is they uh, the the victim the girlfriend. I don't know how to describe this relationship. The two kink partners are suitably chagrined and they have the evidence they need because... Oh, they're husband and wife. Yeah, no, but I'm saying, what? how do you describe their relationship to the bull? Oh, okay. The, well. Yeah, the the cow and cuckold? Like, I don't... How are you describing it? Like, <laughs> that's my point. I don't know how to describe the relationship. I'm sure there are words for it. I just don't know them. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, somebody can always tell us. Yes, exactly. That's what comment sure, sections are I'm for. Sure. <laughs> no, and yes. All right. <laughs> it's it's like, yeah, I'm sure because those are those are the old terms. Yeah, exactly. So oh. I'm sure there are new, more civilized terms for this stuff. All right. Um. But anyway, here's where it gets fun because we cut over to Penelope, who's having yes. a meeting. With uh, the the group of tech people she works out to keep sore running. And right yeah. after the meeting and her online dance party ends, yeah. uh, <laughs> she gets a message from somebody. Ooh. And the message is a bunch of encoded data. And yeah. the first piece, two pieces of encoded data are uh, GPS. GPS, yeah. I was going to say notify where things something is yeah mm -hmm. gps data yeah and the first one is the house in alexandria where the parents were killed and the girl was kidnapped from last week and the mm -hmm. second piece of data is the uh <laughs> the second piece of data is the hotel that the woman and her bull were at the previous yeah. night before he was kidnapped boom so obviously these are connected directly to this is someone in the fraternity sending data to her and sh and the person says you're the only one who can stop it yes and so what does penelope do yeah. penelope immediately phones joe and hands over 
the USB because she's and not going to do anything with this. She's not nope, going to open she it doesn't, up. She's not involved. She doesn't want to know. There's 13 more files on there. You figure it out. Yeah. She gives it to Joe. Mm-hmm. And by the way, remember how we were talking about how much better they're doing with the character stuff last episode? Yep. This this scene is so good. Yep. Oh my God. Like where she actually confronts him about yep. needing therapy and talks about how she's one of the kind of people who started, who thrived during lockdown because she was always locked in a computer anyway. Yeah, like, and she's gone to and she's gone to therapy. And, and she's, she's and that's the key part. She's getting therapy. And she's finally facing the fact that you can't just go home and have a drink and pretend this stuff doesn't affect you. Yes, you cannot that that she said after her therapist got off the floor <laughs> with what her life is. What her life was. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, all of the tragedy before she joined the FBI, and then nonstop looking at pictures of serial killer victims. Yeah. Oh, so good. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, it's such a good scene. Yep. Yeah. I I tell you, something has changed. Something has changed. Because it's like they're talking. Well, I mean, I'll say what's changed. The show doesn't hate therapy anymore. The show no longer has a deep and abiding antipathy towards the entire concept of getting therapy, which we yeah. always thought was ludicrous because these are people who are nominally psychologists. Why do they all hate therapy so much? And as you said, is this secretly Scientology propaganda? Well, yeah, I mean, that was my theory. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that was as good a theory as, as any other. Because it's just flat out unrealistic. And Joe doesn't agree to go get therapy, but no. like... He's willing to listen to her, and that is the first step in the right direction, you know? So, yeah, really, like, just stellar good scene. Yep. Like, I yeah. was so blown away by the quality of this scene. Uh, and again, I, I I, am a little worried that I'm going to start getting used to Criminal Minds having scenes this good. Am I not going to be able to complain about stuff anymore? It's like half of why I used to watch the show. Well, we'll see. We'll see, yeah. Because, I'm not saying it's guaranteed. Uh, the, the episode still has problems. I'm not going to say it doesn't. Okay. All right. You know, th- there there are still sort of yeah. issues here and there, but this, I mean, we're doing comparative thing. Yep. And I'm avoiding my, as I say, you know, what I called my drive-bys. What I'm thrilled is that so many of the things that I am sure we are not the only people mm-hmm. who had problems with. Yeah. These things that we had, although I'm sure we're the only ones that did this deep dive. Into <laughs> well, I can guarantee uh, that's true. Yeah, There's I no other that. Criminal Minds podcasts online, despite it being the most popular show on earth. Yeah, well, nobody else. Well, it's what do you do? I mean, yeah. how do you do it? I mean, we anyway. It took us a while to figure it out. Well, when we were doing it, it was just, I think there was a reluctance to get really, but your your blogs were already so <laughs> devastating in terms of monstrously cruel you mean yes no they well monstrously cruel i mean i i can admit that um come on how many times have we (laughs) laughed our (laughs) off at uh something that happened on the show absolutely one you know i can just sit there and just do yep and as i would say i blamed it on loss of research yeah blamed it on loss of so maybe in the three years or the two and a half years or three years until they, they were got away. the final go ahead, 
people were finally doing the work. Yeah. Doing yeah. the work during that period because they couldn't film, they couldn't yeah, write. So you might as well do the do the back and work stuff. Yeah. You might as well do the back work. You might as well do the do the real Reading. research yeah. that's necessary. Um yeah. it, to 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 just put together coherent yeah. characters like these character through lines that are and, so good. You know, and dealing with I mean Emily is obviously happier now that she has power yep. to do things. Yes, she has to deal. She has to deal with the political stuff, mm-hmm. but she's she can control things. Mm-hmm. She can. <laughs> you could see her in the meeting in the first episode. It was very good. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, this is her element. And Penelope is the. Um, it. it uh, I never thought Penelope could get even better, but Penelope she's even better. better. She's even better. Yeah. No, 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 I would, I would never disagree with that. She's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, now true. there is a degree to which, and this came up on another podcast I was doing yesterday and we can have a real moral problem with the fact that Penelope Garcia is a smiling face. Somebody painted on the Patriot Act and that's true, but we still love her as a person. I'm saying the role her character shows is to be the friend uh, serves on the show is to be the friendly uh, the friendly face of violating all civil liberties, but we still love her as a character. I'm just saying the role she plays hugely immoral. The character we adore. Yes, but but the character and the role, but the role is from the perspective of what they are dealing with is a necessary. Well, yes, I now, know, but that's that's what I'm saying. That's the problem. That's exactly what I'm saying. It's like Jack yeah. Bauer was a necessary evil. But yeah. the thing is the real world isn't like Criminal Minds and it isn't like 24, but unfortunately, people believe it is because of the show's Criminal Minds in 24. So like, I mean, but that's that's not a conversation for today. Like no, the negative externalities, <laughs> the negative externalities of, you know, propaganda and making people feel like the world is worse than it actually is, is a conversation we're going to have some other time in a special. I, it's just something that came up in a podcast yesterday. I thought I'd mention it. Let's well, if, I mean, that's a whole podcast. Like we can yeah, no, we'll do a whole episode about podcast. that. It's fine. Yeah. No, we don't have to talk about it here. All right. Uh, so anyway, we find out, uh, Emily finds out that she is being billed, like the BAU is being billed for the container being moved. And yeah. like, she's weirdly offended by it. I'm like, well, you did, Tara did demand that the BAU take the case and demand that it be shipped. Like, where did you think that money was going to come from? Well, I guess, but here's the thing. Before Trump came in, I suspect they could just do whatever they wanted. Yeah, pretty much. And it was just covered by under the FBI's whatever yeah, budget exactly. that covers yeah. that. And it wasn't specifically billed to the BAU. And now it is being. And, she's and now not it's used being billed. It. That's the issue. I mean, they've already lost their plane. Yeah, I know. Place, you know, so they have to travel first class or second class now. Oh, I, I would imagine they're just traveling like, you know, well, not coach, but business. Definitely. They're not they're not getting the bells and the whistles. No. So, you know, there's, they've lost their, they've lost their plane. Mm -hmm. No wheels up anymore. I know. (laughs) And, um, that's fine. Oh yeah. It's more realistic. Uh, Yeah. More realistic. (laughs) And then I think that with, you've got the bean counter. So he's, and so he's just going to say, okay, well, yeah, you guys wanted it. I didn't want it. I wanted somebody else to take this. 
tough. Yeah. You're going to get charged for it. And it is believable. Like, it's believable yeah. that how, that's how we would run things. So, yeah. uh, this is where we find out about, um, this is where we find out that, check this out. The killer who abandoned, uh, we find out that he likely didn't just suddenly die because, uh, and, you know, just stop coming to his container because the container has been put through an epic level of decon like um disinfection forensic forensic, forensic yeah Conf forensic countermeasures forensic everywhere yeah. there's like there is no dna anywhere every surface in this has been bleached extensively yeah so it's like there is no way to get any information out of this thing and here's the really interesting part that suggests that because there's this big question because he had a container was this guy in uh, a container and a uh, the kit, right? Was this guy like the uh one of the people who followed the system or was this guy the inventor of the system? And I think the suggestion is that he's the inventor of the system and I'll tell you why. Mm -hmm. Because they specifically say that he has no clear MO and that inside of the 17 victims, no two people were killed the same way. And remember, there's now 24. There end up being 24 victims. Yeah, there's 17 bodies and then seven bodies worth of bones in there. Yep. And the key part is, and this is what I liked, no two were killed the same way. That's yep. creating the impression that the guy was experimenting, like that serial killing was some kind of an intellectual exercise for him. And he was trying to figure out like the best way to do it. And that's a really interesting idea. Yep. And it suggests the psychology that maybe everyone else is copying him. But then that raises the very intriguing question. Why is the mastermind the one burying the boxes everywhere and not the guy we saw in the 2005 episode? That's the real question we're faced with. So, Are yeah. you sure that the guy in... The, we didn't, oh, I went back. No, I went back and checked. It's not the, the guy who takes the homeless guy and straps him to the wheelchair and cuts his wrist is a different guy than the mastermind. I went and I checked. Um, okay. So maybe that, yeah. So That's then the mastermind might be like his acolyte. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah, maybe he's and the he first died acolyte. Of and yeah, he the died original of guy died of COVID maybe. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, I'm interested to see. And it's like, maybe again, the thing we were talking about last, last time on the episode, maybe like that guy invented this system for serial killing. And the other guy is the one who franchised it over the internet. Yeah. So maybe he's Sorry. the uh, maybe he's the Ray Kroc to the McDonald brothers. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. A, a an analogy that they will never use on this show, <laughs> no matter how accurate it is. Because it could turn out to be a one hundred percent accurate analogy. You will never hear that on this show. <laughs> oh my god! But anyway, but yeah, just. Really intriguing is what I'm saying. That like, it turns into a business. Exactly. It was just a localized thing around Seattle. And, and then, then he it turned it into a, a nationwide business. Yeah. Uh, they do mention. Nationwide the, franchise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they did mention, though, in the episode, the actual guy that inspired this, a guy named Israel Keys. And if people aren't familiar with him, his deal was he was an, uh, a guy who lived in Alaska. And what he did was he would travel to main like mainland yeah. America, right? The lower 48 to do his killing and he would never kill in Alaska. 
And to the point where, and this is what the kits are based on, he actually a couple of times left like a suitcase with knives and tape and stuff in it in a city and then came back like eight months later and picked it up to use it. Yeah. So he like hid a kill kit in a place he was going to come back and kill somebody later after there was no connection between him and that place. And he got caught because he just murdered someone in the town he lived in because eventually these guys all, you know, get lazy and get bored. Yeah. Well, yes, it was too tiring. Exactly. It's too exhausting to do all of this. Like, and he got so bad at it. And I mean, I'm not going to go too much into this, that he like killed this girl and there was a video of him kidnapping her. So it's like, uh, he didn't know that at the time. And then he went on vacation and he came back and he's like, actually, my business isn't going so well. Why don't I pose this body and take a proof of life video and get a ransom for this woman I killed a week ago? Like it's, a very upsetting case. Like, it is really, really freaky what this guy did. And so, yeah, uh, Criminal Minds is picking the worst of the worst mm-hmm. when they're creating this character. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's um, so far so good. Yeah. No, no, it really is. Oh, my let's, God. Yeah, let's no. move on to the next part. Oh, yeah, we'll <laughs> move on to the next part. So now the team knows that the there's a connection between the container and RJ from last time, and to this new killer, because they've seen the video with the key, uh, with the, um, uh, with the, the kit in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, oh, uh, in case you're wondering about the title, Sicarius, uh, that's the name oh, of the spider. Was... He poured poisonous, the original killer poured some spiders, poisonous spiders down a guy's throat, and they stung him to death from the inside. Ah, oh, I didn't want to hear that. I didn't want to see that. I know, because they show you the wounds. Because the guy documents all of the deaths. So it's like they showed you the... He documented the wound progress, and they showed it to us. And I was very upset by it. That did not That did not make and me happy at all. And the spider is called the Sicarius Yeah, spider. Sicarius, which of course is Latin for assassin. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so in case you're wondering where the title of that... And they consider nicknaming the killer that, or, like, the guys out east want to do that, or they don't suggest exactly... Well, they do is. eventually, I they think. want No, they want to do it, and Joe says, no, we're not nicknaming this one, you know. Yeah. Uh, we're going to catch him instead. And I'm like, Joe, I've I've seen your books. Don't get all yeah, high and mighty on. about nicknames. <laughs> we've anyway. seen... We, we, we've, been, we've been around for the last... 13 years of you profiting off of serial killing. So don't give me that yeah, nonsense. Well, plus, plus the COVID period. But plus the COVID period. Up, up with, but he know, was messed up years. because yeah. we heard about that Crystal got a diagnosis, which means she probably mm-hmm. died of cancer. We don't know, but we can now make that assumption based on the fact that they use oh. the word diagnosis. It might be something else. You're absolutely right, but we don't. I'm just saying that's the assumption. Who knows? It could, yeah. it, it could it, be it, something it, else. It could be something else. She could have had hepatitis C. I don't know. But the point is, there you go. Uh, all right. So, <laughs> uh, let's see. Where is it? Okay, well, she so, drank enough to destroy her liver. Yeah, that's true. Ooh. And they talk about the, the question of, like, what, what could motivate somebody? And they have no idea. Like, why would you spread out the kits? Like, why would you try and create a franchise of serial killers? And he thinks it's the frustration of not being able to kill during COVID. That's his theory. I mean, we all know my feelings about lockdowns. I'm not going to do that here. No. Right? Uh, We did it last week. Yesterday. 
But now we get a fill-in on what's going on with Bailey, the ridiculous uh, scumbag, bo- their ridiculous scumbag boss, when Tara's girlfriend shows up and reveals that everybody knows that this guy's thing is trying to make himself look good by cutting budgets wherever he can and always finding scapegoats for when that goes horribly awry. Because he's hoping to become attorney general. And I'm like, uh, I don't know if you're going to get to be attorney general doing that. You might get to be like director of the FBI, though, which, FYI, much better than being attorney general. Because attorney general is a political job, and att- uh, whereas you can be head of the FBI for, like, forever. If you're good at it or, you know, at least making it seem like you're good at it. So, yeah, like I think attorney general, not not really a job you want. Get all the blame FBI, because like whenever the FBI screws up, they blame the attorney general. Nobody blames the director of the FBI for things unless you're President Trump, obviously. I was just going to say. And then that had nothing to do with the efficiency no. of the FBI. Yeah, exactly. That's just yeah, was a criminal efficient. trying to cover up his own crimes. Yeah, a criminal trying to cover up his own crimes. So he's got to gotta take control of the law enforcement agency. Yeah. Uh, and I got to say, I'm happy that Tara has a girlfriend. Worried for the lady who's now dating famous psychopath Tara Lewis. But uh, <laughs> hopefully it all goes what? well. She seems less psychopathic now. Than she used to, yes. Uh, yes maybe she's happier. There, maybe she finally came to terms with who she was. There you go, right? And that has gotten a lot of the psychopathy out of her system. Exactly. Or uh, she's just better at pretending now that she's spending a lot of time with a pleasant woman. She's getting better at acting. Well, yeah, but she's happier. She seems she's definitely happier. happier. That's true. There, she's there 100% is happier. no question. You know, it's not like she told anybody, but but That's Penelope, uh, but Prentice just knows goes, immediately. Come on, come on. As so if I problem. couldn't tell that you guys were dating. <laughs> so I mean, it's really it's no. It's a really it's nice. a cute little scene. It's a very nice little scene. It's it's a nice little scene. But anyway, it's later. Yeah, that was the first scene, and then the second scene when she comes in and says, "Look, I'm going to lose my job if this ever gets out of this room." <laughs> You know, but he's going to make you the scapegoat. And so their response is, well, okay. And they want to stick us under domestic terrorism, okay? Yeah. Well, let's let's just find this guy and we'll tell them it's terrorism. We gotta beat and we gotta do it yeah. before this guy can screw us over. Yep. Because that was the thing that I hated from the trailer. Yeah. No, not that I hated from the trailer, that left us wondering in the trailer. That scene where she says he's been playing us this whole time. Yeah, you think it's about it's the killer, but it's actually yeah. about their boss. It's it, yeah, I know. Yeah. I mean, very that was cute. it because the rest of us have sat around all this time wondering whether whether the the mastermind yeah is, is involved in uh, the case somehow. Yeah, is involved in 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 setting them up and sending them things and making sure that they get. But no, they were oh. just talking about their boss. No, they were just talking about their boss. Their stuff. awful, awful well, boss. Yeah. Well, but yeah. I mean, the question does remain, right? There's that question that would still come up. Yeah. Said who sent Penelope? Well, no, I was about to get into that. Yes, we because yeah. that's referenced in the very next scene because we yeah. see the killer, uh, the mastermind, going to a hardware store, and this is when he gets the call. The whiny call from the spine guy demanding to know why he doesn't get to kill. And he says, somebody stole something from me. And until I can sort it out, nobody gets to do any killing. Yeah. Right. And that's the key part. 
Uh, and that that's how we've just found out, confirmed, somebody from the frat is leaking information to Penelope and the mastermind is very concerned about it. Yeah, something in that something, and we don't know what it is. Yep. Uh, in in the room with this this killer. Yeah. Well, no. Uh, what's what's interesting to me is uh, the reason that he is pissed at the killer. And no, I, no, I, no! I'm not talking about the being kissed. It's when he first was. He said, "We want to put this down." Yeah. Yeah. I. You need to. You need to slow down. You need to. I will tell you when you can do it again. Yeah. Exactly. No, but okay. uh, but he's also pissed at something he sees in the room then. But that's later on. Yeah, yes. that's... But, but no, yeah. no, but I'm saying we, we can just tell you if you want. The thing he's pissed about is the fact that the guy is killing in his own house. The video yeah. he saw is in his own house. Cause, because he says to the guy, you're following all of the steps, right? And the guy's like, yeah, of course I'm following all the steps. And the guy knows he's lying because he didn't get a container. He didn't get an offsite. He's killing people in his home office. Yeah. Like he's screwing this thing up. Like there's this very specific outline of stuff and he's breaking the rules and the killer looks very concerned because now he's got this guy whining about how he's not allowed to kill. He's like, I know that this guy is going to be a problem. Yeah. And by okay. the way, that's why you don't make a fraternity out of emotional cripples who you have to rely on to save your life and keep your secret. Well, and this is already this, this, this is the second yeah. because remember that RJ. Yeah. Immediately, right. the the minute he he, he signed up with the fraternity to learn how to kidnap the girl he wanted, and then the minute he kidnapped her, he gave up on the fraternity. He yeah. like obviously he had told the guy he was planning on killing her, and he had no intention of doing that. Yeah. So yeah, it's like this is two guys in a row who are badly screwing up again. This is why you don't rely on serial killers. It's not a good idea to rely on serial killers. And again, I like what the actor is doing, who's playing the mastermind. He's like, he's really selling the frustration of having to deal with all these idiots, which is what he, which is what he does in the next scene when he goes into the hardware store and talks with the lady in the hardware store who has the adorable puppy, uh, Moose, which, oof. It's not a puppy. It's a big deal. I know, but I call it a puppy because it's so cute and it's very cute. It is very cute. It's a very cute big German Shepherd. Uh, but yes, and he's talking about, you know, how frustrated, because he's dealing with a tech issue, and he talks about how frustrating it is dealing with people. And I'm like, well, who did you choose to deal with there, buddy? <laughs> a lot of this is on you. A lot of this is on you, right? You're the one anyway. who chose to deal with serial killers. So. Yeah. And he yeah, so. Then we go back to Penelope doing her meditation. Yeah. And she's sitting there doing her meditation and her funky, her little laptopy thing. Yeah. Keeps bing at mm -hmm. her. And she ignores it. And then finally she can't ignore it anymore. So she has Picks to stop meditating and she looks at it and it's, yeah, well, I told you. Yeah. I told you. And they all, and at the same time, somebody else has been. Well, yeah, uh, uh, a, a woman, woman gets kidnapped. A woman expecting to meet her bull, new yeah. bull, gets kidnapped, and Penelope gets a message saying, uh, "You know, I told you." And she's like, "I gave. What'd you do with the info? I gave it to the FBI." And she's like, "And the guy's like, no, you could have stopped it, and now you're ruining everything. Now, mm -hmm. now it's all gone wrong." I'm like, "Damn, yeah, that's interesting." Mm -hmm. Like, who is this guy who's betraying the fraternity? I 
Like I'm very, and we do a, we do a distorted voice for this and it kind of sounds like it's a man, but you can't be 100% sure because it's a distorted voice. It could theoretically be a woman. We're not given, we are not confirmed one way or the other. All right. Uh, And (laughs) next. So this, this one is especially hilarious because we see the woman get kidnapped from an isolated parking lot. And then the next, then we see the, all of the team in the office saying, we know it's the same killer. Because this time he switched cars in a Costco parking lot. I know! (laughs) (laughs) What? Are you telling me that this killer drove to a Costco parking lot, took a cab into the city, waited for her to show up, clonked her on the head, got into her car, drove back to the Costco? (laughs) Like, come on! Oh my god, that's so funny. Uh, it's, It's really funny. It's bad. It's bad and it's funny, but I wasn't there a Walmart. <laughs> wasn't there a Walmart nearby? Why'd you switch to a Costco? He'll never find us if we switch to using Costco Park. No, god damn it, this episode. All right, uh, but then Luke has a really great observation, which is the paralytic the guy's using is used in smaller doses to treat back pain. Mm-hmm. So what if? the killer and he's like the the psychology of sending videos of you having sex with somebody's wife is part of the bull mentality and what if you look at the killing of the previous bull as like a dominance thing over other bulls could this be between the a bat like a bull who got a back injury and can't do it anymore and joe's like yeah back injuries can screw up your ability to get erection so that makes perfect sense and so they go and they talk to the woman who was supposed to be meeting her new guy at the, uh... No, 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 no. No, no, they, the, they talk to the, the husband, husband. The husband of the because woman. Because the husband yeah. shows up. Yes, yes, I know. Uh, the husband of the woman who has disappeared and is like, okay, do you know anybody with a back injury? And he's like, yep, the old bull in a motorcycle accident. Uh, and three months ago. Has, three months ago and hasn't been able to work since. Yeah. And we're like, okay, boom, there's your killer. <laughs> yeah. Done and done. Meanwhile, uh, Garcia, of course, you know, has to immediately, right, immediately go and find out what's going on with the other things on the file because the guy has, you know, really alarmed her. So she finally goes back into the office and we get what we've been waiting for. Uh, She talks to Joe. She goes back to the office and we get the scene we've been waiting for. Penelope back at her desk. She turns it all on and Joe's saying, well, don't you need my password or something? And he just like, I built she, she looks at him. She doesn't have to say, bitch, no. I built this system. <laughs> no, she just looks at him. And she gives him okay. a, a perfect look. And yeah. then we're off and running and we do a montage and she decodes everything. Yeah. And she finds out that the other 13 are not, uh, they're not GPS codes the way the first two were. There's some kind of transponder activation things. And so she turns them all on to find out where they're located. Mm-hmm. And making the FBI's evidence uh, detection team look like a bunch of absolute buffoons. The case that's still inside the container starts beeping. Yeah. <laughs> and Tara pulls down a flap and finds that there's a transponder inside. I'm like, Wait, wait, wait. You scoured every millimeter of this place for DNA and you didn't search the case? Because in the top of the case, it's foam rubber. Why didn't they take the foam rubber? You just lift out the foam rubber. It's not that hard. You lose something, that's what you do. 
Oh yeah. And uh me oh by the way, the one thing we didn't mention is that um uh one thing we did not mention is that we saw Mastermind looming outside the cashier's house. And yes. Moose, the adorable and- pupper detecting like detecting something out in this uh, and moose does yeah notice yeah notices him right away oh and uh the thing he was doing we forgot to mention also the thing he was doing in his uh container is setting it up to explode like he's trying to disturb whatever he had an old container in georgia he lives in seattle and he has set the thing in georgia to uh blow up we don't know why, like, he's trying to destroy all the evidence. We don't know why. We just know that's what he's doing. There's, like, we don't know if he's blown it up yet or if he can just press a button and have it blows up, blow up. But now there's, like, a circuit on there and a long row of gasoline cans and a bunch of explosives. And I'm sure he's got another container somewhere. Oh, no. Well, actually, we'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> uh, but anyway. No, but when you're but, looking at that, you know, you just go, yeah. Oh, totally. Right? Uh, so they do the beeping and... The interesting thing is, it's not just Terrace that starts beeping. Everything starts beeping. Yeah. Penelope has turned on all the transponders yep. accidentally. Mm-hmm. And so you can see where these transponders, there are, I don't know how all many. Across, there's 15. 13 of them all across the country. Country, yeah. And they get signs. Notably, uh, we'll talk, there isn't one in Seattle. That's going to be important in a minute. But I checked the map and there does not seem to be one in Seattle. Unless they like specifically don't show, uh, show us that part of the map as a clue. Well, no, because well, re- just remember that the kill box that was in Seattle is now back in Washington. Well, no, I was talking about the the Mastermind's kill box that we see at the end of the episode. Oh, okay. Which is also in Seattle. But anyway, uh, all right. Uh, so what happens is uh, well, it starts beeping. And so the, here's the guy about to give the ultimatum to the woman he's got, you know, stretched out on the table. Right. Yeah. And he gets a phone call from the mastermind telling he, him how no. badly he screwed up. Yes, because his name is all over. They're all looking for him. Yeah. They're all and looking for you. Yeah. It's yeah, it's over. It's over. And the guy and also because this guy was not authorized to yep. do this. I told yeah. you to stop killing. I told you to use a secondary location. You're not obeying. Now you know what you've got to do. And then the guy's like, but I don't want to kill myself. He's like, well, too bad. I'm going to walk oh, you through you. it. Uh, yeah. Do you need me to help you do that? <laughs> no. It's so They're good. on their way. Do yeah. you need me to help you do that? Yeah. Here, let me explain it. And of course, he... As we find out, what he did was explain to him how to cut his throat properly. To so do it as fast as possible. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I found interesting. And the girl, the girl is, is, is fine. still, if yeah. she's still alive, she's on the, on she's the on thing. She's on the table. She can't see it. Yeah. But uh, she certainly can hear the voice. Well, and that's, well, no, no, it's, it's not on speakerphone. So she doesn't hear who's, uh. The, the voice, but she does know he was talking to someone. And this is where I think we should just offer a quick rewrite to the episode. It's a much smaller rewrite. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, the, uh, um, but I think it's, it makes the mastermind look like an idiot that he didn't tell the guy to kill the victim as well. Because it's like now there's, in addition to there being this guy, there's a record of a phone call at a specific time. 
And like, she's heard someone giving him orders and telling him to kill himself effectively. So it's like, that's a lot of information the mastermind doesn't want out there. So it kind of makes him look like a dope that he doesn't say to kill her first. So what you should have done is have the mastermind say to kill her and have her go, have the guy go and go to slit her throat, but have her talk her way out of it based on their previous existing relationship. And playing to the guy's ego of how hot he used to be and how good he used to be at sex and things like that. And how she remembers that and still cares about him and have him not be able to do it. And that way you would have played in the relationship aspect. You would have played in about how this guy's failure to be, you know, the hot lay he used to be is what has turned him into this. And he would guiltily not kill her and kill himself. Well, he was going to... um I think she could have believably talked him out of it based on their pre-existing relationship. And I think that would have been a satisfying scene. Um, She's not convinced. Oh, if he, if he stomped on his phone. Doesn't matter. He can hang up the phone. No, he, no. But what I mean, he hangs up. I mean, he could hang up. The phone. Yeah. You just hang up the phone and then go to kill her. And she talks him out of it. It would have been a great scene. You know, in the same way they should have expanded the scene. Well, I get- preferred the scene with, I preferred, pr- preferred the scene with Penelope and her glasses and the dance party. Well, <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, saying they're not in competition. I'm saying, how could you make the end of the show more intense? Have her be, him be going to kill her and her talk her way out of it based on their pre-existing relationship. Like, that's you how you that do 30 yeah. seconds? You don't need 30 seconds. It's a cable show. You could have taken a minute. This episode was 51 minutes long. It could have been 52 minutes long. Well, it's already, it's already nine minutes longer than a normal episode of Criminal Minds. It could have been 10. Well, some of these things are very stressful. Yeah. This was a very stressful episode. It was. I'm just saying that's one note they could have done to make the end more interesting and really delved into, well, what kind of relationship did this guy have with the people who was having sex with? And if you realize that there is a caring about her and a tenderness there, it feeds more into why he was so shattered when his physical ailment made him feel like he didn't have any value anymore and he had to turn to killing the guys who could still do what he used to do. It would have given you more a window into who he was and what he wanted and why he was willing to start killing for the fraternity. You see what I'm saying? Uh, Okay. I see what you're saying. That although it would have to be such that you would have to see that this guy thought the only thing that he was good for was having this great big huge penis. Yeah. And that he could satisfy all these, these women. women and now that's been and taken away from that that is his self identity and it's gone. Yeah. And somehow or another like because I can't I don't buy the tender that that she might have cared about him but he didn't care about her. Either way as long as you do like something, I, would, I, I wouldn't. Okay, I, I, I can see what you're saying. And the more I think about it, okay, yeah. the more I think about it. But I would put a different spin on it. That's fine. Maybe. I'm just saying but you needed, still, yeah. you needed a scene where he's gonna kill her and she talks her way out of it. And we can debate the best way for her to talk him out yeah. of it. But at the but you needed that scene. In the same way, well, last week you really needed a scene of her getting blamed for her whole family's death 
by the killer mm. to get her to want to kill herself. Yeah, yeah, you needed, she needed to know that her family was dead. And she needed and to needed see to the see video, it. she needed to see the video, and she needed yeah. to have him put the responsibility for that on her to get there. And that didn't happen yeah, okay. here. Okay, I, okay, I, I, I see it. You don't yeah, have to. That's what I'm saying. Here, the mastermind looks like an idiot for not ordering her death when the mastermind yes. should have no, ordered no, her that's, death. That's what starts. Yeah, that's the problem. Because you're weakening the mastermind's character, right, by not having him order her but why death. why is he killing, okay, why is he killing her and not the bull? Because, no, that Luke says that, and it's actually a really good theory. <laughs> well, they don't have a new bull yet. Uh, the, that's, you know, she was going to meet the first time the new bull they found, and it was actually him. No, uh, Luke's theory is that, like, his back was trashed, meaning lugging around all these 200-bound guys... Is probably made it his, worse. it's made it worse, and so what really he's and so now he's going to get who he's really angry at the woman who has rejected it. Like he feels like he doesn't have any value anymore because so much of the value came from pleasing this specific woman, right, and dominating her husband, and now he can't do that anymore. So he goes to kill her because she's the person most uh, closely connected to what he can't do anymore and his lack of sense of value. I think that I think that tracks logically. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that tracks logically. Yeah, and if you had, and that's what I'm saying. So if you don't weaken, uh, right now they've weakened the mastermind by not having him order the death. So you yes. strengthen the mastermind by ordering the death, and then you add more complexity to the villain's character by giving her. And you're right; they could have it write it my way with tenderness, your way with passion, either way. But you get this scene that gives us this extra window into the killer's mind to make us understand why he resorted to this. Yeah. Because the okay. interesting thing about is, the question is, how is the mastermind recruiting these people? Well, yeah, that's, that's, well, we're, we're I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. We're going to find out, I hope. <laughs> I'm trusting that we will find out. I have to, you have no, to yeah. assume. Right. That we're, we're going to find this out. And that's going to be in like the last few episodes. Yeah, is going to be the explanation for why and how he put this together. My theory is still that, like, maybe when he was a young guy working in tech in Seattle, he was kidnapped by the original killer, and he's the one who, like, became that guy's disciple. And now, after that guy died, maybe from COVID, he is franchising it. But who knows? <laughs> that's my, like I said, that's my working theory. My original working theory has already been confirmed. It is a franchise, like, my theater, theory from last week is 100% confirmed. It is a fraternity of serial killers that this guy is running, and your price from for joining is sending him uh, snuff films. Like that's all confirmed. Because <laughs> he can sell those on the black market, or maybe they're just for his personal use. Who knows, right? Or the dark web. You mm. never know. Well, they've got eight more episodes. I'm sure well, we're going to find out. Yeah, no, no, because I mean, we can talk about the mastermind. I mean, he needs massive amounts of power mm. in his because he had. Because the rush of doing a startup and all the rest of it. Yeah. Oh, totally. Like you've, there's so much ego wrapped up in that and the, the power, uh, the power and the self-confidence you need feeds into this kind of narcissistic personality type. Are you telling me Elon Musk isn't a potential serial killer? Of course he is. <laughs> Peter Thiel's planning to murder half the human race and like live on a super yacht, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> He's, yeah, I just. I know. I'm just saying. It's like 
It's not hard to sell tech guys as serial killers, is all I'm saying. Mm. Well, just look at... I still can't buy McAfee. McAfee. McAfee, I know. Jesus, look at that guy. Murdered, hired people to murder his neighbor over a fight about a dog? Youch. Yeah, that was that was pretty freaked out. Like, I know he wasn't working with the company by that point, but no, man, that's not just, the point. just yeah, that's not the point. That's not the point at all. Well, at least he's dead now and not collecting any more money. Of, yeah, that's it. We've got all sorts of other options. <laughs> that's true. And, just don't use Kaspersky. It's literally run by the Russian. Oh yeah, military well, intelligence. Kaspersky. Yeah, my sister just like, had Kaspersky. And, you're like, you know, that's run by Russian military intelligence, right? Yeah. This was a long time ago. Okay. I'm assuming she doesn't have it on her system anymore. But oh, good. All right. Um, but, Go on. Let's get back. I know. Uh, one, two notes. Yeah. When we see the map of the transponders, it yeah. does not include Georgia or Tennessee, which is the two places we've seen the mastermind bearing new cases. So maybe yeah. he stopped using transponders at some point, or maybe they only activate after it's open the first time. So that's something to be noted. Two. Another big uh, thing is. A fantastic moment. There, I've been talking about all of the great character moments with Joe and Penelope. So they've solved the case, right? And then Joe comes to see her after they've solved the case. And he plays this so beautifully. Where it's like, you know he wants to ask her to come back. But he yeah. doesn't have the gut. He knows what a mess he is. And he knows he's asking her to save him. And he doesn't have the guts to just ask her to come back. So all he can do is just say some passive aggressive thing about, I don't know if we can do it. And he knows that she'll come through because she always comes through. And it's such a, it's such a great moment between them where like he, he can't, he has to ask, he should ask. It's the respectful, it's the right thing to do, but he can't bring himself to ask because he knows what it's doing to her. Yes. Because he's the, he's the opposite of Josh Stewart. Yeah. He can't ever say what he's feeling. It's so good. All right. And then, and then we get to, then we get Mastermind's home life. He's got a wife and two daughters. Uh, And he lives in Seattle, got a wife and two daughters. He pretends to go off on business trips, but he's really managing his serial killer empire. And we see him throw the cashier's dog's collar into his serial killer box when he gets home. So, yeah, she might be dead or she might be locked up alive in his secondary location. I I do not know. I knew that next episode is called Moose. Oh, it is? Okay, well, then it's slightly more likely she's locked up in his second is his serial killer secondary location. Then I didn't know the next episode was called Moose. I did see that this morning. Okay, so there you go. That might be what's happening. I can't say she might be dead, but if the episode is named after her dog, we're probably going to see her again. Right? That's logical. Oh, I wouldn't count on it, but... Um, well, I'm keeping fingers crossed for a happy ending here. Yeah. Well, what what's, inter- what's interesting, though, I was thinking about those transponders, right? Yeah. Because he has to know that all of those transponders were activated. Oh, no, he does. 100%. So... And he manually shut them all down. Yeah. And so, therefore... He knows the cops are on to him because like he knows it's gone from like he knew that there was a security breach. Right. Yeah. 
He knew there was a security breach and someone got all the transponder codes. And now that they got activated, he knows the authorities are on to him. So he's going to start making moves. And I'm very interested to see where this character is going as he starts making moves to protect himself and his organization. Mm-hmm. Like, that's going to be really interesting. So, yeah, like, really great. Oh, and here, by the way, then we get the the follow-up scene with JJ and uh, Will. Yeah. Which is so nice, where she, like, does say she has to commit to the relationship clearly, no matter how busy she is. And I'm like, oh. See, this is what happens when you're open in relationships, <laughs> you know. And so they have a morning date instead of a an evening a date. date. Exactly, it's yeah. very sweet. It is. It is a very sweet scene. It made me very happy. It's not hard to make me happy when you got Josh Stewart on screen, but again, really great relationship stuff. Very well written scene. So yeah, like again, they're they're just firing on on all cylinders now. Like they really uh-huh. are. The show is just, to use the vernacular, crushing it. Yeah, no, it really is. And I mean, yeah. Do we have stuff it, to complain about in the serial killer part of the story? Sure. That was always going to be true. They've never been great about writing that. But they are getting really good at writing the character stuff. And I think that that's the thing that keeps us... What keeps us, what keeps us with wire in the blood. Yeah, is that they're so... Even when the... Even when the serial killer plot isn't that interesting, I'm looking at you, gore episode about the woman kept in the closet, uh, kept in the, sorry, kept in the warehouse. Uh, Even when that isn't that interesting, like the character stuff with Tony is so good. And I'm not saying this is operating at that level yet, but they're definitely, they've got their priorities straight. Yeah. Because who is it that we want to see? It's the key characters. We want to see the key characters. We don't want to see that much of the killers. We don't want to see that much of the killers torturing people. We want to see these key characters and answer the question, well, how is working on this case affecting them? They're who we're here for. And a lot of shows don't remember that. And I'm glad glad to say that Criminal Minds absolutely does. Yeah, so good episode. And this is, by the way, the very end of the episode is where we get the scene where... um, she lays out that all of the money is now going to um all of the money is now going to uh counter terror counter direct domestic terrorism and uh i don't want to be a uh, a dick about this but it is 100% correct to prioritize domestic terrorism over serial killers like yeah. i'm really sad about the fraternity uh of serial killers killing like 10 people a week that's bad what's worse is donald trump's goons having a coup and killing every member of Congress and turning America into the handmaid's tale, which is what they want to do. Okay. Well, let, me put it, let me put it this way. And we're getting all of these murders every day, one or two. Yeah. We're all getting of all of these mass shootings motivated yeah. by like, I hate to say it, but it's like all of these, the, 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 the Donald Trump people are a bigger threat than a serial killer fraternity because they're stochastic terrorists waging a war on America. So like, there. All of Fox News is basically a giant hate group waging war on America. And they're not, America's not actually doing anything about it. So yeah, it's, it's kind of scary right now. And I still love the show and I'm still having fun with the show, but don't tell me that it's more important to hunt serial killers than it is to deal with domestic terrorists. Yes. 
Domestic well, terrorists nice are hear. the real problem. It's it's nice to hear that in the criminal minds world, the American government has now turned its Eyes focus on domestic uh, yeah, terrorism. Onto the real problem facing America. Whereas here, like, I want to remind everybody that, you know why we're in the problem we're in right now? With all the domestic terrorists and Trump and all of that? Because the FBI in the year 2010 put out a giant report on domestic extremism that essentially, that 100% correctly diagnosed that the biggest threat to America were white nationalists and Christian extremists. They're mm -hmm. like, these guys are the problem. They are growing. They are ultra-violent. Violent. They want to get political power. And if they don't get it, they want to kill people. This was the FBI's assessment in 2010. And yep. what happened was, when Congress got the report, all the Republicans said, you just hate Republicans. And this is political repression. And how can we be expected to believe what's going on, any of this, when the president is black? And so the FBI shut down all of their looking into domestic terrorists and white nationalists and Christian extremists. And now we're getting mass shootings every week where they're killing gay people and non-white people and Jewish people. I'd say every day. Well, almost. I mean, it's a lot. It's, but yeah, the almost. FBI, to the FBI's credit, they saw this coming and they tried to do something about it. And... The United States government, like the Republicans in Congress, knowing that white nationalists and Christian extremists were their base, kept yeah. the government from doing anything about it. So everything bad that's happening now was caused by the Republican Congress of the 2010s. Just every time you see a mass shooting on the news, remember, that's a Republican doing that. Whether the person belongs to the party or not, they're the ones who caused this by keep stopping the FBI from taking this threat seriously. Okay. Okay. And that's the end of the politics. I just want to say that, like, I think it was worth mentioning how wrongheaded the political statement at the end of the episode was. Yeah. Well, you know, I we're, get it. We're, we're supposed to be with our guys. Come on. I know. No, we're on their side and we want them to stop the fraternity. Obviously want them to stop the fraternity, but like, I want to point out <laughs> I want to point out that, like, I wrote a, a screenplay, well, it was a TV show, years and years and years ago, a pilot, that was essentially, right, about how the government used the threat of serial killers to get people to ignore the bigger issues that were facing them. Yeah. And now we are watching Criminal Minds, a character literally doing that. I think that's kind of funny. And I hope you do, too. Well, no, I do think it's funny. Right, but, okay. um, but, you no, know, we can't, look, we can't expect them to get everything, everything right. Everything right. Oh. No, no, but they're and getting a huge amount of stuff. World. Oh, absolutely. We're getting a huge amount of stuff right. Again, I think we are wholly positive, right, yeah. about this oh, new yeah. season. It's been oh, great yeah. so far. We, we are thrilled. Are there we great? No are question. we grading on a curve? Yes, but despite, even though we're grading on a curve, like all of the character stuff has just been, we don't even have to grade on a curve. This is great writing and great acting for the character stuff. Yeah. It's just the plot stuff we dig into because the plot stuff is, you know, awkward and they're getting stuff wrong. But, you know, that was never their strength. But the character stuff, man, it's, I'm loving it. 
I'm just full on no, loving it. Even the plot is better than like, it has been. It, the plot is like the overarching plot yeah. is interesting, even in the first two episodes, even mm-hmm. though the individual serial killers are a bit of a wash. Oh, yeah. And no, but the oh, you're right. The overall plot is such a compelling mystery. Yeah, it's a compelling mystery. And so I think that that's because who is this guy ultimately? Because to see him at home yep. with his wife and know he's got two children. Mm-hmm. Are they daughters? I think yep, he said the girls. Daughters. He said the girls. The girls. Yeah, he, he'd make breakfast for the girls so his yep. wife could get off to work. Yep. You know, the good husband. Mm-hmm. Just gotten home. So before he goes to bed, what he'll do is take care of the girls and make sure they get off to school well so his wife can take off and yep. go to work. Exactly. Like it's it's very interesting where this is going and I cannot yeah. wait. And it, yeah. it's I I feel very spoiled to have gotten to watch two in two days. Cause now I have to wait a whole week before I get to watch another episode. Yeah, well all I know is um it is it is oh, they're off to a great start. Yeah, it is nice that they're off to such a great start. Mm-hmm. I am so happy because I can remember those last three years, the last Yeah, it had it had its issues. Where I didn't even want to keep watch watching. It. It yeah, I remember. Like, and after Hodge left, that was that. You know, yep. it was like, oh God, I was felt like I was Having mm-hmm. to tread water, yeah. Okay, I gotta do this again. But Where's they're back. Looking forward to Friday. I know <laughs> they're back, and it's great. Yep. All right. So, uh, speaking of, we are going to be back next week. We're gonna, as usual, we're gonna, gonna get, we're going to try to get it up on Friday. And you know, if anything happens, we'll it'll be up on Saturday at the latest. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for now, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, if there's any profiling related fiction you'd like us to check out, please drop us a line at profilingcriminalminds at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Uh, if you are listening to this on some sort of an app or podcatcher, be sure to rate and review it. That's how people find the show. We're going to see you here next time for more Criminal Minds Evolution. But until then, I'll say that's right. Au revoir. And we're going to be back on Thursday <laughs> with Wire in the Blood. We are. To so have a good weekend. Profiling Criminal Minds is a member of the Kinks Podcasting Network.